Welcome to Can They Do That? brought to you by Scott Law Team, the employment law firm. We are excited to discuss recent employment issues and events that affect your everyday life. Keep in mind this podcast is educational and is not a substitute for legal advice or professional consultation. If you need help, you can reach us at scottlawteam.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Can They Do That? I'm Rachel Kelly, Marketing Director, joined today by Kathleen Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Great. Today, we're talking about holiday parties. And in the event that I want to plan a party for Scott Law Team, let's say that I'm organizing and I have a couple of questions about what we should do and what we probably shouldn't do. So the first question, is alcohol permitted? So good questions. Um, holidays and employees and workplaces and alcohol tend to mix at this time of the year. And there are some things to definitely keep um, aware of and definitely to make some plans for. So I actually like the holiday lunch better than the holiday dinner because it sort of avoids the excess drinking. Um, so that's one thing that I think is, can be a good idea for employers. It also keeps it during the working hours and it also makes it clear that, okay, this is a firm event or an employer event. It's going to happen during workplace time and it's going to be a lunch and it has a beginning and an end that's usually can limit um you, then you might want to think about how you're going to get people home from the holiday party or if they're coming back to the office which probably isn't a good idea <laughs> if you're serving alcohol so first of all it's fine to have a holiday event think about um the mechanics of it um drink tickets are a great idea if you're going to do an evening event this limits the number of drinks people can have now you're talking about drink tickets. I recently went to an event and they offered two tickets, yes. either for drinks or food. Do you think two is a reasonable number? Do you I think do. there's limiting? I think two is a reasonable number and and shame on that chintzy party because I feel like if you're going to serve alcohol, you should definitely have food for people to consume while you're having it. But that's just my personal opinion. Obviously, there's no requirement to have food at a holiday party. But it, it's a great time to give back to your employees and say thank you, make it a fun event. Here at our firm, we I organize the holiday party usually. And so it's an idea for me to have fun with the employees. They say thank you to them and you know make them feel special and appreciated. What are some things to avoid during the party while having alcohol? So the first thing that happens when people consume alcohol is what? Inhibitions get reduced and people's judgment is sometimes swayed. So uh, you want to definitely keep an eye on management, make sure they're not engaging in any kind of touchy-feely behavior with other subordinate employees, that type of thing. Um, but, you know, you want people to have fun and you want to be responsible. So Offer an Uber option for anyone who doesn't want to drive. Encourage people to take Uber is a good idea or Lyft or any other ride service is a great safety factor. Do you recommend that that comes out of the company's pocket? I or? do okay. because it's a company sanctioned event. And as much as we might think that's after hours in the event, what you're describing is kind of an after hours event, at least as I understood the question. Um, and so you want to make sure you're getting people home safe, and at least they have the option. So then it's on them and it's not on you. So if you've served somebody at a party you're sponsoring to excess, there's a chance that you could be liable for their behavior when they leave. And you should know that and plan ahead for it. So drink responsible. That's a good message to put on the invitation. Please know the firm will pay for Ubers, that sort of thing. Speaking of invitations, can the invitation be extended to spouses, partners, friends? So it depends on the kind of party you're going to have. Again, I'm a big proponent of the lunch because it avoids this issue in its entirety. Um, so if you have an evening event, yeah, a lot of people invite 
plus ones, you have to be careful because what's a plus one? Is it a significant other? If you if you say spouses, you know, people might take offense to that. Um, so usually significant other is the right, I think, terminology. And there's nothing, there's no requirement to have it or not have it. And it depends on what your goals are as an employer. If you want to put together an event to say thank you to your employees and have them get to know each other, sometimes having spouses there has the opposite effect because they might just hang out with their spouse. So if you really want employees to bond and mingle and kind of have a camaraderie and do some team building, then spouses might take away from that. So it depends on the goal. If it's a nice, elegant event, definitely bringing spouses is a nice touch. And then the boss can kind of meet everybody and the management can meet everybody. Um, and then friends are made and that, that can be helpful too. So it just depends on the employer's goals. Speaking of the type of party, what are the do's and don'ts of venues? Yeah, so I like a place where someone has to go to a bar to be served and you're not just providing ample free alcohol because now there's a little bit of a transference of liability on the establishment that's providing the bartender or the servers. I like that um, from a liability standpoint for the company. Okay, so now let's think about it. Employment issues. People who come in with questions about, hey, I was at this party, this transpired, I'd like to figure out if this was right or wrong. Where are the boundaries? I do feel like all sexual harassment claims come from holiday parties. <laughs> I mean, I'm exaggerating, but there is the potential for that, right? And so it's still a workplace event. And so the workplace rules apply. The dress code should apply. You can be fun and dress up, you know, that's fine. Uh, Halloween parties have the same problem, right? But the same rules about having management interact with subordinate employees is a bad idea. And you do have to kind of keep an eye on that. So somebody has to be a gatekeeper at that particular event. So hiring someone to be like, okay, this year I need you to be the person that walks around and makes sure everyone's okay. Everyone's okay to drive home. No one's having any weird issues. There isn't anybody acting creepy. That is a good idea to have that sort of party planner slash person who's kind of the appointed um, uh, monitor. In the event that you do have that specific person who's designated yeah. as party patrol yeah. and something does happen and something does go down and there is an issue, mm -hmm. is that person now also responsible for what happened from other parties? No. And so let's, so what happens at a party as a result of two adults making a consensual relationship is not the employer's liability. And so I think it's a good place to say, what is harassment? The hallmark principle of what is sexual harassment is unwelcome behavior. And so if someone's having fun, bantering, saying sexy things back and forth, and people make a love connection, there's nothing wrong with that. That's welcome, consensual adult behavior, not an employer problem. Where it can become a problem is if the supervisor is hitting on a non-supervisory employee, it might not feel like to the non to the to the worker it might not feel like they have the ability to say no because that person's in a position of power and so those are the kind of things are the big no-no so what i would suggest is keep it simple throw your holiday party have a quick meeting with the manager we want everyone to have a good time tonight please be careful let me let me tell you what i mean by that and put some fine points on it if you're a manager and you're drinking take care to not this is not the place to tell a joke that you would never tell in the workplace to your people that you supervise same decorum, same behavior. I think we want to reiterate that and remind people that it's unwelcome behavior, things that make people feel uncomfortable that get them that equal sexual harassment. And that can happen at a holiday party. And that's good to clarify because I feel as though some people who may not want to call in because something happened at a holiday party, mm -hmm. there might be this stigma or the stereotype that, well, if something happened at a holiday party, then I'm screwed. I can't do anything about it because it was a holiday party. Even though it was work, 
It wasn't really during working hours. Again, yeah, lunch well, would that probably solve that. It might solve that. And I think alcohol can be a truth serum. And that's kind of what happens. People who might have pent up feelings for someone get a drink in them and might be like, oh, I've always thought you were so attractive. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's not the place to do that. So here's some like some crystallized takeaways from the holiday party. Schedule them. If you can do it during the day better, during work hours, be responsible, remind people, offer them Uber rides home. Limit the amount of alcohol by giving drink tickets. If you can do it at an establishment that has a bartender, because that's another check on behavior they can't overserve, that's a great idea. Okay. So let's switch gears a little bit. Yeah. Turn on the heel. We're talking about holidays. Yes. What's better than a holiday party than a holiday bonus? And everybody expects those. I feel like people expect those for sure. Um, so I want to say a couple things. When it comes to holiday bonuses, there, there's no requirement that you pay an annual or a holiday bonus. Um, if you're going to do a holiday bonus, you need to be specific, use criteria and do the same for everybody. It's true generally that you're the employee and you can do what you want, except for you're going to get compared to the way other people got treated and that could bleed into discrimination claims. So have a set criteria, use something that's objective, number of years of employment, um, productivity. I just think they do a nice job customer service. That's fine, but you know, try to be consistent about it. Um, some people use a week or two weeks as a good benchmark rule for how much a holiday bonus should be. I think that's fair because we all know that people go out and spend at least half their uh, salary for the month on Christmas holiday gifts or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and since I used Christmas, let me just go ahead and address that issue as well. So the holidays don't all fall in December, right? And so, you know, think when it comes to pay at the end of the year, I prefer an annual bonus as opposed to a holiday bonus because not everybody's holiday is in December. Such as like Three Kings Day in January. Mm -hmm. Or Eid, which, you know, if you're Muslim or, I mean, there's a ton of other holidays. And so I think what employers who are trying to be, you know, all multi-inclusive and are trying to meet employees at their moment might want to move away from quote holiday pay into year-end bonus pay. Would you recommend that for a holiday party and more of wrap-up party or? Sure. Although I, I do feel like there's an expectation that there's a certain time of the year where things aren't as busy and there's a time to do it. And it kind of lends itself to that, you know, that holiday season. But I should admit, it's probably a good time to mention too, um, holidays do have a religious element to them. And so for employers to remember that even if someone doesn't celebrate your holiday, uh, they should still be invited to the holiday party. And employers everywhere should think about having a holiday party that allows for what I call a floating day. So if somebody celebrates a different holiday that might not be as common or recognized in the workplace, they can take a day off with pay and not be have to use one of their vacation days. Now, do you think for the holiday party planning committee, it should stay away from figures such as Santa themed or it's true that when you're throwing a holiday party, you want to be sensitive to not everybody celebrates Christmas. So you don't want to wrap everything in, in red and green. You don't want to throw a bunch of, you know, Santas and Jesus figures. Now you say you don't want to do everything in red or green or someone shouldn't. Now, is there any place where an employer can get in trouble for focusing on red and green and any sort of symbols of a specific religion? So in terms of getting in trouble, I mean, what you want to do is have people feel comfortable, right? And so if you have multicultural examples of all different types of religion at that event, but that that becomes onerous. You know, if you're having a lunch party, what are you going to have multiple different, you know, displays? So I would say, I always think blue is kind of a neutral color for holiday parties, but you can, you don't have to pick blue, but I think it's important to recognize that 
not everybody celebrates the same holiday and to make a space for that and keep your event kind of not focused on Merry Christmas, but more like Happy Holidays. Can an employer get in trouble for choosing to focus on Merry Christmas or Red and Green or Santa in this day and age? So usually like harassment or discrimination isn't a single incident, you know, so like one time that employer maybe doesn't get it perfectly PC, it's probably not going to give rise to a claim, but if it's part of a larger pattern, so if the employer has prayer and they have Christian prayer and the employer is signing their name, you know, and God, we trust. and God we trust or something like that. And that it becomes part of a pattern. And then the religious holiday is sort of focused at their holiday party. Then that, that person has a pro employer has a problem. I mean, real examples, I represented an employer who wanted to hang the um, 10 commandments as part of their like handbook. Like I don't wanted, need to laugh, but, but it, yeah, it a I mean, it's field. a little, <laughs> it does feel like that. And so that you, and I know people listening might feel like, well, it's my employment my workplace, I'm the owner, I can have whatever type of workplace I want. And that's not really true. I mean, it's not really true. Okay, interesting. So even if it's a small business, small, privately owned, it's not really true that they can do whatever they want religious wise. You can have a religious corporation, which it has a legal term of art, where you're focused on religious concepts. But what you where you get into trouble is if you have a for-profit business that's open to the public that's doing selling goods and services and you are trying to promote a religious belief that's a problem on many levels not only for the employees who might feel uncomfortable but also for the public right and these are we see these issues coming before the supreme court and let me just give a little plug to gabe roberts one of our attorneys who is going to be doing a little supreme court update this was the topic and is going to be an ongoing topic before the supreme court on how we can handle those things if you want to learn more about those not to plug but you can check out our social media pages scott law team let me give you one more yes. comment about that so an employer has a duty to accommodate religious beliefs as long as it doesn't ca cause them to have an undue hardship and so what, what constitutes as an undue hardship, right? So you don't have to educate your employees on every holiday, but if someone needs time off to celebrate Eve or another holiday that might not be well known, you need to grant that. Okay. So there's things that we can do to make sure that the employer is accommodating. And that's what we really want. That's where we want to land. doesn't need to be complicated. doesn't need to be expensive, but if you're in trying to indoctrinate your employees on a particular holiday, that's problematic. For those reasons. And if you're open to the public, it's problematic under the public accommodation law. Circling back to holiday parties, Christmas music at holiday parties. Is this a hmm. do or a don't? I don't know. I mean, Christmas music depends. I guess it depends on the music. I mean, if it's Mariah Carey. Who doesn't love Mariah Carey? <laughs> you know, and if it's cold outside, I don't think those are particularly religious. But I think where it gets starts to cross the line is if you start to sing religious carols. Yeah. And what, right now I can't think of any. I'm just I, thinking Silent Night. Yeah, I'm thinking that might cross little, the line. Well, I think you just have to, you know, take a middle of the road approach. But also if somebody's sharing a story about their childhood and this it reminds them of this time of the year and it's very special, there's nothing wrong with that. But if the employer is endorsing one particular holiday over another, that can be problematic. This is also another side note, but, but curious, caroling having your coworkers go caroling. I'm not sure if that's prevalent down here in Florida, but it's not, I know it's still very warm. It, I don't think here. anybody wants to be out at night. Um, <laughs> but theoretically, if an employer were to say the event that we're host holding is maybe a fundraiser, we're going to go caroling. Is that a do or is that a don't? I think it has to be non-mandatory. Um, and so the employer is 
asking if anybody wants to go to that. I don't, I think that is an interesting issue. I mean, you can have employer, non-sanctioned employer events that are religious in nature if it's by choice. Where you get into trouble is if you mandate it during the workday and other people don't feel like they can say no to it. Okay. So if every day you're having a 12 o'clock meeting followed by a non-mandatory prayer, people who don't pray might feel compelled to stay, right? So that, so it's, again, we come back to that hallmark principle, unwelcomeness. So if it's outside workplace, you want to invite friends to come that you work with, no big deal. But if it's employer sanctioned or if it feels like it has, you have to say yes because your employer is the one asking. That's where the problem is. In this instant, if it's a fundraiser, you might feel obligated, like, "Oh, it's my company who's doing this. Yes. I need to go." Yes. Whereas if it's, "Hey, we just would like to go do this. Feel free. You can come on by. If not, we'll see you next week." Yeah. Then it's okay. Then it's perfect. You know that happens with political events too. Sometimes an employer is sponsoring a political event or a particular candidate, and they tell their employees they get excited about it. Right? Please vote for this person. Do this. Do that. And it's the same kind of thing. You don't want to be pushing that down anyone's throat. So the question I asked you about alcohol at events—that's not just limited to holiday parties, right? Right. I mean, anytime alcohol is involved, that we should follow those rules. Whether it's the end of the year, or middle of the year, someone just settled a big case, we might open a bottle of champagne. We're doing a podcast. We might want to drink, have a cocktail. Um, so the same rules should apply. Make it optional. Make sure people don't feel pressured. Limit the amount. Encourage people to eat and to drive responsibly on the way home. Okay. Okay. Um, so wrapping up this episode, we're talking about the holiday party, organizing it. We want to make sure that we are thinking about these rules, thinking about the work decorum. And we also want to make sure that if there is alcohol, we want to make sure that employees feel that they can ask for an Uber or other means to get home safely. We want to make sure that we want to make sure that parties are responsible and it is not a bad idea to have a third party that's responsible for distributing drinks or monitoring the party to make sure that behavior is appropriate. Yes, and the employment lawyer in me wants to say that Valentine's Day gifts, holiday parties and weird after hours, emails and text messages are the root of all sexual harassment claims. So I would just say this is not the time and place to do things just because you've had a cocktail and it's the holiday season or it's a Valentine's Day party or end of the year party. Same rules of decorum, to your point, apply. And so you don't want to do anything that can make someone feel unwelcomed or uncomfortable. But you can still throw a holiday party. You can. And with that, we're going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next Thursday on the next episode of Can They Do That? In the meantime, feel free to check out our social media at Scott Law Team. And if you ever feel like you need some help with your employment issues, feel free to call our office at 561-653-0008.